0: Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the second Sunday after the Epiphany, the day we think of the wise men coming to worship the infant Jesus. Well, today, the second Sunday after that special day, our order of service will begin with the service of of the Word, which begins on page 38. But let's open right now with hymn number 79, How Lovely Shines the Morning Star. (laughs) deep <laughs> you the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.
1: And also with you.
0: We have come into the presence of God, who created us to love and serve him as his dear children, but we have disobeyed him and deserve only his wrath and punishment. Therefore, let us confess our sins to him and plead for his mercy. Merciful Father in heaven, I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways I have sinned against you and do not deserve to be called your child. But trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins by the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has removed your guilt forever. You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Sunday after the Epiphany, is from Isaiah chapter 49, verses 1 to 6. This is the second of the servant songs, thinking of Jesus as our great servant. And the job of the great servant here is described as gathering Israel to God and also Gentiles into God's believing family. Jesus said here, Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my birth, he made mention of my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain and for nothing. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, he who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord and my God has been my strength. He says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Judah and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Alleluia, God the Father said to his son, You are my servant in whom I will display my splendor.
1: Alleluia.
0: chapter 1, verses 29 to 41. What we have here in this section is, well, John the Baptist, his testimony about Jesus and his baptism and, well, his testimony brought others to the Lord and and those others brought more to the Lord, a process that we love to see keep on happening in God's church. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. The next day John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, "Look, the Lamb of God." When the two disciples heard this, heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, "What do you want?" They said, "Rabbi," which means teacher, "where are you staying?" "Come," he replied, "and you will see." So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. Let's continue with our next hymn, hymn number 86, the only son from heaven. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is our epistle reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1-9. to 9. This is the opening of Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Paul said, Paul wrote, Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God in Corinth to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their God, their Lord, and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God for you because of his grace given to you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way in all your speaking and in all your knowledge because our testimony about christ was confirmed in you therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our lord jesus christ to be revealed he will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our lord jesus christ god who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians who have been enriched in every way, Years ago, there was a pastor who visited an area in Texas where oil had been discovered, and he was going to visit this one family. He was going to visit this one family, and well, around their home, oil companies were buying up the oil rights, and... Engineers were telling those people that everyone there was just going to become absolutely rich because of the oil that was there. Well, the pastor came to this family and he found a very dejected looking wife and her husband and they told him their sad tale. They said, Pastor, God has forgotten Well, the pastor, the man said that what had happened is that about a year before this, oil had been discovered. And again, as I said, engineers said everybody was going to be rich. Well, oil was found on either side of their property and at the property behind them, but not on their property. Not on their property. The result of that is that they didn't become so filthy rich. The result was all of the people around them, they were selling their homes and buying bigger homes and moving off to different areas, and and they were left all alone. And they thought God had forgotten them few years later, the pastor came back to see them again. And when he saw them this time, he saw the husband. He was grinning. He was smiling from ear to ear. And the pastor was absolutely convinced that they must have found oil on his property too. But when he inquired of the man what was going on, he replied, They never found any oil and I'm glad of it." The man explained that his neighbors, they had sold their homes there, bought big expensive homes, they bought brand new big cars, they had put their kids in the best schools, they joined country clubs. But before long what happened is that their New lifestyle, their wealthy lifestyle, they got the best of them. Their marriages were breaking up, their kids were rebelling, and none of those families were going to church regularly. The man told the pastor, God did us a big favor by not putting oil on our land. We're all still together and love each other like never before. We thank God every day for giving us what's important and protecting us from what isn't. Are there times in your life when you kind of feel like that man and his wife felt as if God had forgotten you because of the problems and the troubles that you're experiencing in in this lifetime? I think we all kind of feel like that at different times. Well, today, the Apostle Paul He reminds us that, as was the case for this man and his family, God hadn't forgotten them, and God never forgets us either. He'll never forget us. Rather, our Savior gives us sinners everything we need. Our Savior gives us sinners everything we need. He selects us to be members of God's church. He enriches us with gifts for God's service. And he preserves us as we wait for God's judgment. The Apostle Paul, he founded the Corinthian congregation During his second missionary journey, Paul had been there with those people for about a year and a half before God sent him to another congregation, another area, to do mission work there. And after Paul left, then Apollos became the next pastor who was leading the people there. But then problems arose, and those problems arose not because of Apollos. He did a fine job of serving as their pastor. But because their congregation, their Corinthian congregation like ours, was a congregation that's living in a sin-filled, sin-troubled world. Because we live in a sin-filled world, that's why there are things like wars and rumors of wars. There are shootings There are weather disasters and many other problems that afflict us. And actually, if you think about it, really the fact that we do live in a sinful world like we do, shouldn't we be almost surprised that there aren't more problems and troubles than that which we already face? We live in a sin-troubled world. Well, here what was the case in Corinth is that The Corinthians, they were dealing with sexual immorality, which caused problems in the congregation. There were cliques and there were factions dividing the people. And instead of being humble Christians, what happened is that those people who had spiritual gifts were boasting about the gifts that they had received from God. And so Paul wrote this letter to those Corinthian Christians, to, to, so that the weak brothers, so that the weak brothers and sisters could be regained, so that the erring could be recalled and strengthened, and so that all people there could be reunited in Christ their Savior. Well, Paul's letter is addressed here to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be holy, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their God, their Lord, and ours." That word church is such a significant word. It comes from a Greek word, which means to be called out of. The church of Corinth and, well, the church believers throughout the world includes all those people who have been called out of the unbelieving world and into God's believing family. And now this calling that it's talking about here, being called out of the unbelieving world and into God's believing family, it means that believers have been selected, chosen by God to be a part of his believing family. He selected us. We didn't choose or select him. He selected us. Paul told the Roman Christians, the mind of sinful man is death because the sinful mind is hostile to God. That's our natural situation. Nevertheless, God selected us. He chose us to be his own. And he sanctified us in Christ Jesus and called us to be holy. He sanctified us in that he he called us to faith in the first place, calling us out of sinful unbelief and into God's believing family. And then he also works through the word of God to build us up and to strengthen us in our faith so that we can fight against the sin that, that would be in our lives. To all believers who have been selected by God to be members of God's church Paul says grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Those very very familiar words they tell us what blessings we who have been selected to be a part of God's believing family what blessings God gives to the members of God's church. Grace, that is an attitude in God's heart. An attitude in God's heart whereby instead of giving us what we would rightfully deserve because of our sins, instead God gives us his grace, his undeserved love. He gives us such blessings. And now, Instead of giving us what we deserve, he gives us basically the opposite. Instead of giving us judgment, he gives us his blessing. Instead of giving us condemnation, he gives us forgiveness. And instead of death, he gives us life, eternal life with him forever in heaven. Well, grace and peace from God our Father, peace, that's an attitude that's in our hearts, we could say, which is the result of experiencing God's grace. It's knowing that we don't have to look to our Heavenly Father in fear because of our sins, but that we can look to him as our loving Heavenly Father because of Christ's forgiveness. Paul said, I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowing, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Oh, with those words you could maybe think that it sounds like Paul was buttering up the Christians trying to get them to think how great they were but rather what he was doing here, he was thanking God for his grace and the gifts that God had given to that Corinthian congregation. And he was also telling them to never forget what God had made of them. They had been unbelievers destined to eternal punishment, and now they're children of God destined to eternal life in heaven. He wanted them to... Never forget what God had made of them and never to forget what great blessings God had given to them as God's children and as heirs of heaven. The Corinthian Christians and, well, all of us believers for that matter, as Paul says here, have been enriched in every way. We've received a heavenly windfall, we could say, of spiritual blessings. God has made us spiritually so wealthy, giving us his grace, his love, his forgiveness, our savior faith, the list goes on and on. We have blessings from God beyond our wildest imagination and it's that kind of blessing that really counts in this life. So again we say that Our Savior gives us sinners everything we need. Jesus asked, What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Spiritual riches, growing in God's grace and love. That's really what we need most in this life. Paul says that we've been enriched in all speaking and in all knowledge. Speaking, that's talking about having the ability to be able to share the message of God's grace and love with others. Oh, so think of our gospel reading, how the disciples went to others and and pointed them to Jesus the savior as well to tell others about the marvelous acts of God's grace and love and knowledge that's wisdom about spiritual things spiritual things that were formerly mysteries that were formerly a mystery to unbelievers but have been revealed to us as God's believing children. Paul told the Corinthians and and he tells us, therefore you do not lack any spiritual gifts. That's such a crucial passage as I would think about our Calvary congregation or our Wells campus ministry. The fact of the matter is, is that that statement can be made of Calvary or the Wells Campus Ministry. We're small groups. We're small groups, and yet what God says to us is, therefore you do not lack any spiritual gifts. God has blessed us with all the talents and the abilities that we need to reach out with the gospel in Eaton Rapids, in East Lansing, and and beyond. He's given us all the gifts we need, and what we just need to do is maybe look at ourselves and ask if we're faithfully using the gifts that God has given to us to reach as many people as we possibly can who don't know about Jesus the Savior yet. Oh, many Christmases ago, I can remember how now, Alexander reminded me of what God expects of us who have been enriched with gifts for God's servants, service. A toy, a toy cash register that he had received for Christmas. It wasn't working like it was supposed to. And so he wanted me to fix it. And, of course, he wanted to help. He wanted to help but back then every time he helped we ended up we ended up losing a, a screw or or having to start over again and try to refix it because things weren't going right today he's really good at fixing things he loves taking things apart and putting them back together he's good at that but but back then when he was a little kid not so good not so good and actually I would have preferred it if he didn't want to help at that situ at that time. But you know something, fortunately we can say God isn't like Alexander's dad. God knows that you and I are sinful and that we cannot be his perfect servants. He also knows that he could reach out to the people of the world a whole lot better than you and I can. He could send out his angels instead of sending us out. He could do things more efficiently and more effectively without us, better than we can. But God still gives us the wonderful privilege of serving him and the spread of his kingdom. And even though we can mess up, he promises to bless our efforts to spread his word. Paul tells us, as we eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed, he will keep us strong to the end so that we will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. We Christians cannot only enjoy the present blessings that God gives to us right now in his believing family, gifts that he gives us to use in his service, we can also confidently look forward to the future. We can, as he says, eagerly wait for God's revelation on the last day because our Lord promises us that what's he going to do? He's going to preserve us in the faith As we wait for God's judgment, he's going to take care of us. Paul told the Philippians, God who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. We can eagerly and confidently look forward to judgment day, not because we have everything under control, but because our God has everything under control. Paul said, God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, is faithful. God always does what he says. God always does what he says. And, you know, our God, our Savior gives us everything we need. When a couple went on vacation their newly married son and his wife said that what they would do is they would watch the couples home, take in the mail, mow the lawn, take care of things while they were gone. But when they left for their vacation what happened is very very shortly after leaving they started getting worried about whether or not their son and his wife would do the job they promised to do, whether or not, if, if they wouldn't be careful at locking the doors and so somebody could get in and take all their possessions, or, or maybe they wouldn't take in the mail like they were supposed to and a check would be stolen, or they wouldn't take care of the lawn, and what would the neighbors think because of something like that? Well, they got all worried about that. And they even ended up cutting their vacation short a few days just because they were so worried about it. They didn't trust in their son and his wife to take care of things. But then when they got home, they saw everything perfectly in order. The son and his wife locked the doors, took care of the mail care of the law. Everything was taken care of as they had asked them to do in the first place. But now, if you think about that story, so it is with our God and even better. He keeps his word. He's watching out for us. As the Apostle Paul says, he will keep us strong to the end. God says he's going to watch out for us, and he will. He'll keep us strong to the end. He'll make sure that everything in our lives works together for our eternal good. When we doubt God, and well, tragically, because of our sinful nature, we're going to doubt God at times, and then we'll worry, and then we'll have troubles like, this couple had when they were on their vacation, or or we'll have troubles kind of like the couple I had mentioned earlier who thought that God had forgotten about them. But God doesn't forget his believing children. God doesn't forget his believing children. So let's keep on trusting in him. Let's faithfully keep going to him and his word for the help and the guidance that we need to fight against sin, to live as his believing children. And may we never forget how richly blessed we really are. Our Savior gives us sinners everything we need. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, you gave your one and only Son to be the light of the world. Grant that your people, illumined by word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory that he may be known, worshipped, and believed to the ends of the earth. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In our prayers today, oh, we remember Deb Spitzley. This past week, she did suffer a little bit of a heart attack and, and did end up having some stints uh, installed around her heart. I believe she's doing better right at the moment. Paula Burris, we continue to keep her in our prayers as she deals with cir- poor circulation, hopefully improving circulation and, and infection in her legs. We also remember Don Janicky. He's home now, still dealing with the effects of s- several strokes. And we keep in our prayers, of course, Marvel, that's Paula's friend who's in hospice care, and, and Mary Glassbrook. This past week, she did have knee replacement surgery and, and now is in a rehab over in charlotte lord god as we think of these brothers sisters in in the faith and as we think of all of the people in our believing family and our church family who are dealing with different trials and troubles health issues and well when we think of all of us lord god please be with all of us grant us your help grant us your strength if it's If it's your will grant healing but especially keep on giving us everything we really need and especially we're talking here about your amazing grace and love that really is everything we need and we gather up all of the prayers we have as we join in praying our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country.
1: God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam, God bless America, my home sweet
0: joining me for worship today. A couple of announcements to share in the congregation this week. Tuesday will be Sukhoit and Paula Great House's birthdays. We do have Wednesday worship this week again and uh, well please do look at the prayer list. Keep all of our members in your prayers and keep praying that God would keep on giving to us everything we need as as he has and as he will keep on doing.
1: The Lord bless and keep you always.